Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Romans chapter 8, we're reading from verse number 1. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, to condemn sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the laws of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, it is not of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive. Because of righteousness. If the spirit of him. Who raised Jesus from the dead. Dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead. Will also give life to your mortal bodies. Through his spirit. Who dwells in you. May the Lord bless the reading of his words. In Jesus name. We are going to continue to read the verses. As we go along. But those are the very first set of verses. But you will notice. That the very beginning of chapter 8. Paul made a very remarkable, bold declaration about the conditions of those who are in Christ. If you read that verse 1 again, the Bible says, There is now there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirits. In this verse of the scripture, Paul the Apostle is highlighting three basic things. The first one is that he's talking about the assurance of the believer. He said, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. In other words, if you as a believer, as soon as you become, as soon as you become associated with the Almighty God, as soon as you become born again, Christ is telling us that the, all the condemnation that you had in the past, all the things that made you feel separated from the Almighty God, Paul the Apostle is writing and giving us the assurance and is telling us that there is no more condemnation associated with those who are who are in Christ. The next thing he says that there is a benefit to that, to that assurance. Who are the beneficiaries of that assurance? And he said that this particular confidence, this particular assurance is not just for anybody. In other words, those who, who the, the people who, are, who can say that they do not have condemnation, the people who can claim that assurance are the people who are in Christ. There is no therefore condemnation for those who are in Christ. Not the people who go to church. Not the people who claim to know the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now the people who want to appear to be religious, he's saying that the assurance of no condemnation is only given to the people who are in Christ. And what are the conditions for that particular assurance? The condition is very simple. He's saying that only those who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit, these are the people who have that assurance. In other words, when you come to church, but you are not yet born again, and you are ruled by the influence of your flesh, the assurance that you are no longer under condemnation does not belong to you. The only people who can rest... That God is no, that they are no longer under the condemnation of the Spirit of God. They are no longer under any kind of condemnation. They are the people who have taken the time to find out that they are in Christ. Number two, they are the people who know that they are what? That they are, that they are not longer walking according to the flesh, but they are walking after the Spirit. He said, when you have these two things inside of you, then you know that there is no condemnation for you. In other words, Paul is saying, as long as you are in Christ, as long as you are walking according to the leading of the Spirit of the Almighty God, you are not under the condemnation. And the question is why? Why is Paul so confident about this particular statement? Why is he so sure that a believer who is in Christ and who is walking according to the Spirit of God, why is he so sure that that person is no longer under condemnation? And Paul the Apostle now used the rest of the chapter 8 to explain to the believer why they are not under condemnation. The first reason that Paul the Apostle gave is found in verse number 2. The Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of God, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to account for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. What does that mean? Paul is saying we have no condemnation anymore when we are in Christ because of what Christ has won, because of the victory that Christ has won for us, because of the victory over sin, because of the victory over death, because of the victory over Satan, because of the victory over hell. We are no longer under condemnation because those are the things that condemn you. Sin is what brought condemnation. And we have been delivered from sin. He said, because Christ has done the work for you, you are no longer under condemnation. In other words, because Christ has done some work for you, because of his death and resurrection, because of his victory, here we are no longer standing condemned in the presence of the Almighty God. The second reason that Paul gave for the confidence that is, that is given to a believer is because of the indwelling spirit of the Almighty God in the lives of the people who are now in Christ. Paul is saying, we are not under condemnation because the spirit of God dwells inside of us. Look at verse number 9. The Bible says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of God of Christ, it is none of his. And if, if Christ is in you, the body that is dead because of sin. It, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give you life. He will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit that dwells in you. In other words, Paul is saying, we are no longer under the condemnation of sin because when Christ redeemed you, 
He put his spirit inside of you. He put the spirit inside of you as a seal of ownership. The spirit of God dwells in us, tells us that we believe we belong to him. That spirit of God that God puts in you when you are born again is a testimony that you belong to him. And that is why we are no longer under condemnation because the one that is supposed to condemn us has bought us and put a seal upon our lives. Why would you, why would we purchase somebody? Why would the Lord God Almighty spend the time to redeem us and then end up and then turn around and condemn us? Paul, Paul the Apostle said it doesn't make sense. He said the reason why you are sure that you are not under any condemnation is because he not only redeemed you, but he put a seal upon your life to show that you belong to him. So that's why you have the confidence that you are no longer under condemnation. Number three, why are we so sure that we are not under under condemnation. Number three is because of the divine promise that produces hope inside of you. The divine promise that produces hope in the life of the of the believer. Jesus Christ spoke directly to his disciples. He told them in the book of John chapter fourteen. If you read from verse number two, the Bible says, "In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you." I go to prepare a place for you. That if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That was a direct promise to the people of God. That was a direct promise to the disciples. That was a direct promise that he made to those who were with him, and by extension to the church. This was a promise that Jesus made. And Paul the Apostle is now telling you, because he made that promise, because he's a faithful God, because of that promise, you have a hope that everything, that life does not end here. That when you close your eyes in death, you are going to see him in glory. You know that when every, when the spirit departs from this body, you are going to be alive with him again. And because of that, you have a hope. He said, that is why you are no longer under any condemnation. Because you have a promise from him. A person who gives you a promise will not turn around and end up condemning you again. Because he gave you a promise because he knows that he has redeemed you. In other words, we are not under condemnation because Christ has promised to come back for us. As a result, we are waiting for the consummation of our adoption. We are waiting for the consummation of our translation into his presence. And, he, and those who are condemned do not have a hope of adoption. If you are already condemned, you don't have a hope of going anywhere beautiful. The only thing you are looking forward to is the execution of that particular condemn condemnation order. Those who are on the death row, they are not expecting that one day they are going to get out of there and then somebody is going to take them to a fancy place. No. The only thing they are waiting for is either, depending on the state, they are waiting for a little injection or they are going to sit on a particular chair. That's what is the only thing they are waiting for. But that is why Paul the Apostle is saying, as a believer who has been redeemed, as a believer who has the adoption promise, as a believer that Christ has gone to prepare a place for, you are no longer under condemnation because you have a hope and you have a promise from the Almighty God. Number four, why do we, why are we so sure that we are no longer under any condemnation? The reason is because of God's divine plan and God's divine purpose for those that He has redeemed. Bible tells us in verse number 28, Romans chapter 8. Open your Bibles to that particular verse. Romans chapter 8, reading from verse number 28. The Bible tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. 
that he might be the first fruit among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. In other words, Paul is basically saying, if God has called us unto himself for a purpose, if God foreknew us, Okay, if God predestined us to conform to the image of his son, if God justified us, if God glorified us, it will not make sense for that same God to condemn you. Doesn't make sense. If he already called you, if he has a plan for you, if he wants you to conform to the image of his son, why will he turn around then and condemn you? That's the argument Paul is making. So he so in his conclusion, he's saying that it does not make sense for somebody who has the plan of God, for somebody who has been predestined by God, for somebody who has been glorified, who has been selected, who has been made to conform to the image of Christ, for that same person to be conformed, he said it doesn't make sense. He said that is why you are not under condemnation. That is why you should be sure. Because God already has a plan for you. There is a reason why he saved you. There is a reason why he called you unto himself. And then finally, number five, Paul the apostle is saying, there is no condemnation for the believer because of the price that God paid for you. Okay? The price that God paid for you. You know, there are times where you go to the store and you buy something very expensive. You get home and you have what is called a buyer's remorse. And you look at that particular thing and say, you know, you want to throw it away, but you don't want to throw it away. The reason you don't want to throw it away is because of how much you paid for that thing. You look at it and you say, this thing is expensive, I don't want to throw it away. Though you don't like it, though you don't use it, you just put it there to remind you that it's a very expensive thing. We are not like that with God. But the Bible tells us in verse number 31, I want you to open your Bible. Those who are close to me understand that this is one, this is a section of the Bible that I love so much because it gives you an assurance. It tells you that you are not useless. The Bible tells us in verse number 31. It said, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against you? In other words, the person that is for you, how can he turn around and be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give you all things? This is a verse of the scripture that anytime you are feeling down, anytime you think that your prayer is not answered, anytime you, that the enemy is whispering into your ears that you are useless, anytime that you have the heaviness, the spirit of heaviness come upon you, this is the verse of the scripture that you should go to. And that's why it's one of my favorite verses of the scripture. Because the Bible said that he who did not spare his own son, what more can be more precious to a man than his son? What more can be more precious in heaven than the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? But the Bible says that God did not spare any expense when he was considering you. God did not spare any expense when he was considering me. He looked at me. He said, you are what the life of my son. I am willing to sacrifice the son so that you can be redeemed. If that does not move your needle, nothing will move your needle. If that doesn't curl your toes, then something else is wrong with you. If you read this and you do not have the confidence and you do not rise up and shout and say, thank you God for delivering my soul, then there is a major problem. Because it's an assurance that God will pay, God has paid the old, the most expensive thing in heaven, the precious thing in heaven, he gave it up just for you. And Paul is saying, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He said, who shall bring a charge against God's elects? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? 
It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is, is, who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? In other words, Paul the Apostle is saying, God paid too much for you to condemn you. God paid too much for you to, to, to dump you in a dustbin. God paid too much for you, for you to be a, to, for you to live a life of condemnation. Paul is saying, Christ is the one that has the power to condemn. And the Bible is saying, Christ is for you. The person that has the power to condemn you is already for you. The Bible says it's not just for you. He says it's the one that is interceding for you in heaven. Which means it takes your case and pleads it before the Father. So that's, that, and that is the person that is supposed to judge the living and the dead. That is the person that is supposed to have the final statement over your life. And that is the same person who is not only for you, but is interceding for you. So, if Paul is not saying, if that is happening, then you must know and you must be assured that you are not under any more condemnation because Christ is for you. So, chapter 8 is basically pumping us up in the spirit. Chapter 8 is basically telling us that you have no reason to be down. You have no reason to be depressed. You have no reason to be hopeless. You have no reason for you to live a life that is no, that is under, under the guilt of the enemy. You have no reason because the one that has the power to kill and to destroy you, that same person is for you. That person died for you. That person gave gave his all to be able to see you come into his presence. And that's why Paul was saying to the church, with all boldness, with all confidence, that you are not under any condemnation. But the question is this. Why is this reminder very, very important to the believer? Why is Paul having to tell you or to tell us or to tell the church that we are not under condemnation? The reason is number one. Satan through sin and the law brings condemnation into your hearts. Because when you are rejoicing that you are born again, when you are rejoicing that God has forgiven you of your sin, Satan reminds you, say, you remember the other time? This is what happened to you. This is what you did. He begins to flash the mistakes that you have made in the past. begins to flash this in your presence. The apostle say, though you have all those things going on in the past, the Bible tells us, as the east is far from the west, it says, so you have separated your sin. Paul is saying, though those things might be in your past, you are no longer under condemnation. That's why he's reminding you. Because the enemy will continue to bring it to your remembrance. Number two, because the law reminds you of your helplessness. That's why he's telling you. If you want to do it in your power, you are going to fail. And Paul is saying, don't try to do it in your power. Do it in the power of the spirit. Because you are no longer under that condemnation. You are no longer, you are no longer under that particular stress of the enemy. Because you are now alive in Christ. Number three, Paul is reminding us that when you depend upon your flesh, you are going to fail. But as long as you depend upon the spirit of the almighty God to help you walk, you are going to remain free of condemnation. Number four, Paul is reminding us that Christ fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. If there's any condemnation that is supposed to take place, Jesus has taken it away. So you don't need to carry that guilt anymore. Now if you take an Uber and you have a luggage, you don't have to put that luggage on your head when you get inside the car. I hope you know that. Part of your Uber payment also pays for that luggage. I hope you know that. So that you can put it in the trunk and you are not going to be charged extra. Okay? It is, you, are, you paid for that ride and it covers everything that, that is with you. When Jesus paid for you, when Jesus died for us, he paid for everything. And that covered your sin. 
And because it covered your sin, you don't have to bear the guilt anymore. Jesus has taken it away. And that is what Paul is trying to let us understand. And not only that, number five is trying to remind us that Christ has delivered us from the power of sin. You know what? That power that holds you down. That thing that makes it impossible for you to live for God. Say, Christ has delivered you from it. All you have to do now is to recognize that thing and live in the reality of it. It is because of all this reason that Paul took the time to encourage the believer and remind them that we are no longer under condemnation, but we stand justified in the presence of him that can deliver us. The problem with believer is this. We read the promises of God. And we begin to will, and we begin to say, you know, the Bible says something about us. It tells us that we are free. It tells us that we are rich. It tells us that we are strong. It tells us all this wonderful, wonderful thing. And we desperately want to believe what the Bible is saying. Many of us desperately want to see those things happen in our life. But the reality is that there is a big gap between what the Bible says about us and the reality that we are experiencing. Okay? And many of us struggle through life, hoping and praying that somehow we will begin to see and enjoy the realities of the word of God that they have spoken concerning us. And for many, we wait and we never enjoy the promise of God. But the question is why? Why is it that many of us have difficulty experiencing what the word of God has said concerning us? Paul the Apostle says, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The question is, why are many believers living under condemnation? When the Lord Jesus, when the Bible already declared that you are no no longer under condemnation. When God says that you are no longer under condemnation. When Jesus has died for you. When he has delivered us from the power power of condemnation. Why are many of us still living under that particular power, under under that yoke of condemnation? Why? There are three possibilities. The first possibility is that we are not in Christ. Because the Bible says that those who are in Christ... You know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you are still carrying the condemnation, two one possibility is that you are not in Christ. That's why you are still carrying it. The second possibility is that you are in Christ, but you are not living according to the Spirit. Because there are two conditions there for you not to be under condemnation. The first one is that you have to be in Christ. The second one is that you have to walk in the Spirit. And the Bible is making us to understand that when these two things happen, you should not be under any condemnation. So if you are under condemnation, number one, you are either not in Christ, or number two, you are not living according to the Spirit, or number three, you don't believe the Word of God. You don't believe that it's applied to you. You don't believe that when G, when G, when Paul the Apostle was saying that those who are in Christ are not under any condemnation, you don't believe that that includes you. And that is why you find that there are so many promises of the word of God. It's either we are not fulfilling the condition of the promise or we don't believe that particular promise. When the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you, it's either, and you're, and, and, Say, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, press and shake it together. It shall men give unto your bosom. If you don't see the result, it's either you are not given or you don't believe the word of God. It's as simple as that. Because the Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but one touch in his word will not go unfulfilled. He said, the word that he has spoken out of his mouth will not return unto him void. Which means when the word Lord, when the Almighty God declares something about you, that particular thing will come to pass. 
So if what the word of God has said concerning us is not coming to pass, there are two possible, three possibilities in this particular situation. Number one is either we are not in Christ. Number two is either we are not living according to the Spirit. Number three is either we don't believe the word of God. Because if you are in Christ, and you are living according to the dictate of the Spirit, and you believe the word of God, there is no reason why you should be living under any condemnation. Because one thing I know is this. If I'm a member of a family and on the table there is a cookie jar and my father tells me don't put your hands in the cookie jar and I do not put my hands in the cookie jar. If the cookie disappears, I don't worry. Why? Because I didn't touch it. Maybe the cookie decides to develop a leg and walk away. I don't know. I'm not worried because I didn't touch it. But if I touched it, if I massage the container, if I smelled the cookie and I decide to, you know, and I decide to play with the cookies in my mouth and while I was playing, I mistakenly swallowed them. Okay. Then when they are looking for the cookies, I will be worried. Okay. If paraventure is not in my house, in somebody else's house and that person begin to swear and begin to say, this will happen to the person who eat my cookie. That will happen to, I will be worried because I mistakenly swallowed the cookie. But if I didn't touch it, I won't be worried. That's what the Bible is saying. If you are in Christ and you are living according to the dictate of the spirits and you believe the word of God to be true, say you don't have to worry. Okay? That's what Paul the Apostle is saying. So how do you live in the reality of the word of God? How do you make sure that the pronouncement of the word of God is possible in your life? How do you make sure that what the Lord Almighty declared concerning you in the scripture becomes a reality in your life? How do you do it? Number one, you make sure that you are saved. That you have a relationship with the Almighty God. Because if there is no relationship with the Almighty God, the Lord can promise heaven and earth, it will not be your portion because you don't belong to Him. As long as you have no relationship with the Almighty God, everything that the Lord Almighty said concerning the people that have relationship with Him will not happen to you because you don't belong to Him. I've told you this before, in an analogy, if there is a company, let's say for example, there's a company called Walmart, and Walmart gives free tuition to all the people that work there, and then you wake up in the morning, you don't work for Walmart, but you want to get the benefit of free tuition, they will look at you that you need to go and have your head examined. Because if you do not work for a company, you don't go there to collect salary, do you? If you do not work for a company, you don't go there to go and get your medical benefit or your dental benefit. It doesn't work that way. And if you insist on collecting the blessing and you stay in front of their in front of their office or their corporate office and you are doing night vigil and you are praying and you are saying, I want my benefit. I must get my benefit. They will, before you know what's happening, there will be mobile police. They will put alcohol in your hand and give you injection that will make you like this. The point we are making is that you cannot claim a benefit from a place where you don't know you, where you are not registered. The same thing, you cannot claim the benefit of heaven when heaven doesn't recognize you. So if you want to see the reality of the word of God fulfilled in your life, you make sure that you are born again. So that you can make claims on the things of heaven. If by tomorrow I grow old, I lose all my teeth and I become dead and I die and I write in my will. If you are not part of my family, you are not going to get anything, no matter how I like you. You are not getting anything because you are not part of the people that are put in my will. And the Bible said that we are heirs of the kingdom of God. Which means that what belongs to God belongs to us. But as long as you are not a heir, you can covet those things as much as possible. 
You can wish as much as possible. You can pray as much as, as possible. Those prayers will not be answered. You have to be born again. Number two. You have to make sure that you submit yourself to the conditions that is associated with that particular promise. If the Lord says, this is the promise that I'm giving unto you. If you look through the scripture, every one of those promises are conditional on something. The Bible said, if you call upon the name of the Lord, it said, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Which means salvation is open, but not to everybody. Only to those who call upon the name of the Almighty God. The Bible gives us there are several things. The Lord will make a pronouncement in scripture. But in that pronouncement is a condition for receiving that particular promise. You must make sure that you fulfill the condition for the blessing that you are seeking. You must make sure that you submit yourself to God and to his spirit. You must make sure that you are obedient to his word. You must make sure that you are conforming your life to the image of Christ. You must make sure that you are not giving the enemy an opportunity to rob you of your blessings. Because that's one of the things that most of the believers don't, most believers do not pay attention to. And that is the fact that it is possible for you to do a lot of things and still open for the door for the enemy to mess, to mess with you. That's why Jesus Christ said, while you are praying, he said, watch. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. 